Hello, everyone, and welcome to Note to Scene, a music news podcast covering everything from pop punk to metalcore. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, where every week we discuss all the biggest news stories in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, where you should please rate and review us. Email us at notetoscene at gmail.com. So much to talk about this week. Big news from Asking Alexandria and Dashboard Confessional. But first, we're going to talk about issues who look to have split with co-vocalist and screamer Michael Bond. All right, let's go. So Spotify coming through again with just a dope ass thing they did their 2017 wrapped feature which is just so much fun you know because mm-hmm. everyone's sharing their pictures for those who don't know 2017 wrapped uh spotify does this special thing at the end of the year where they make a playlist for you of your like top 200 songs you listen to but they also make this really cool graphic for you that shows you how many minutes of music you listen to the top artists you listen to the top uh, songs you listen to, the top genre, and it integrates with social media so you can share it. And just basically everybody I know, this is all this week has been, is we've been sharing <laughs> our little 2017 Spotify cards, passing them around. You know, mm-hmm. I texted uh, pretty much everyone I know, and I was just, my phone was lighting up with them too. It's just so much fun, you know? Totally. I, that's what I love. When I use Spotify for those free, for those first few years from like 2012 to 2015, I loved the end of the year. It's just so fun to know everything, you know, like to have this data in front of you, even if it doesn't really matter, but it's cool to talk about and it's cool to look back on a year and how much music that you listen to. Right. It's, 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 it's funny to get caught too. Like mm-hmm. you think you're something mm-hmm. and then you're, I saw somebody tweet something to the effect of like, I tell all my friends I listen to hardcore bands and Spotify just told me I only listen to Carly Rae Jespin. You know what I mean? Like, So for me, it said, um, okay, so my top genre, pop punk is my top genre I listen to. Man, apparently. you backed Grayscale so hard over the summer. That <laughs> you was your jam. I think so, man. That doesn't that surprise that me that much. Okay, so my t- some of my top artists were um, Falling in Reverse, Lil Uzi Vert, and Lord. Falling in reverse, sneaking in there. Like I don't, I didn't expect that. I wonder that, if it was you know, just those first few days after the album dropped when you, when we both had hanging on on repeat for like forty eight hours. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. So my top songs Spotify picked. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. Let's talk about your hair by Have Mercy. Ooh. Hanging on by Falling in Reverse and uh, Bodak Yellow by Cardi B. <laughs> those three of my top songs of the year i I played the most oh my god it makes sense it makes sense yeah the hanging on that song you know i must just i must just fucking hit replay and hanging on and you know a few other songs of that album first week that album dropped i remember you and i just texting the bridge back and forth to each other in all caps oh my god we still do that sam we We do still do that right right they're like a lamb's here slaughter oh my god an instant classic yeah i get falling in verse just kind of like sneaky Keely came through this year with like one of the best scene albums and one of the small success stories, you know, like I was not expecting it. 
yeah, I was, I was not expecting it at all. But yeah, so I'm the loser here. I still have Apple Music. <laughs> I'm still paying for it every month. I absolutely hate that Apple Music doesn't give end of year stats for your personal listening habits. I think it's something that they should do, and I hope every year that they do. But I don't have any end of year stats, unfortunately. And we're gonna do our top albums of the year here coming up as we wrap up note to scene 2017 but um in i'll just go through some of my heavy rotation albums right now because on apple music under your for you section you have albums that you've been spinning a ton recently and then they just go into your heavy rotation so my top three heavy rotation albums of recent memory are emery's i'm only a man Devil Wears Prada with Roots Above, okay. Branches Below, and Luke Bryan. What makes oh, you country? Oh shit! Let's not. You know what? Let's <laughs> not even. Let's not even expose our dear listeners to this this country thing that's happening between you and. There's. We're going there, through a country the, phase, there, listeners. No, I'm not going <laughs> to confirm from that. But there's there's stuff happening outside of Note Scene that I'm not particularly proud of, but it's going oh, on. My but God. yeah, so you're so um. Am I finally? When are we finally going to get you over to Spotify, Tyler? Like, when's it going to happen? Well, my come student, over here, man. My student got membership playlists. ends when we I got graduate. I know we dude. got pop punk is not dead. Like, I want to be stuff. there. I feel very left out. I feel very left out, and um, I think 2018. I I really want to do it when the year turns, so I can get a full end of year stat at the end of 2018. But my uh, my student deal on Apple Music that I get uh, doesn't end until I graduate in the spring. Well, so I, I can't wait till you come over because it's just you know I'm it's, excited. It's, it's so fun to share. You know I what know, I mean? And Spotify makes sharing so easy. Totally. All right. Um, we gotta move on though. Let's get to uh, listener questions this week, Tyler. We got some feedback from listener Nadia from Ottawa, Canada, who writes into note-to-scene-at-gmail.com. Nadia says, came across your podcast looking for scene band news. Generally, I like it. You guys are well-informed and deliver it well. I've been listening to, listening to some of your back episodes, and I'm kind of heated about a comment you guys said regarding age and warp tour. I am, as of now, 34, and this summer, I guess, will be my la- my first and last warp Tour I am planning on going to the Toronto date and Detroit date. You should not put an age on what music people listen to. I did not grow up listening to scene bands in high school. I was very much an old-school candy kid before millennials took it over. I liked happy hardcore and drum and bass. And now that I am older, I can't think of anything worse than subjecting myself to the garbage on the radio. (laughs) So I went the scene route. Interesting. I regularly go to shows in Montreal, and I'm into bands like Crown the Empire, Fur King, and stuff like that. Honestly, as someone who loves who's older i love this stuff so just so you know note to scene you should not put an age bracket on music that anyone of any age can rock out to anyway i love your podcast i will keep listening but please do not put an age limit to this music sincerely an old scene kid so nadia um i don't like have a specific memory of us doing this do you tyler i think it might have been when we were uh, talking about warp tour on the yeah. going away episode and we were talking about age demographics and how it shifted from 14 uh, to 17 yeah. to 19 i think that might be it but i'm not we may not have yet. done one Gen- earlier in this generally year. nadia like we speak of warp tours audience as a younger audience like mm-hmm. that's just kind of typically how it is and um 
but we've never ever i would never like tyler and i would never say if you're too old you shouldn't listen to this music or if you're too young you should we've never ever had that belief that any you know age should matter at all when it comes to music we were probably i mean if, if what we were probably talking about in regards to warp tour and age is just the demographics warp tour thrives with a young demographic um it's 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 just a typical even in larger business businesses just want to hit younger demographics um we were probably just speaking on the business end i can't you know you didn't point out a specific comment we made so it's hard mm-hmm. for me to reference but we, we would never you know, you know what i mean i'm in my late 20s and i'm still in the scene you know i'm for right sure. there with you. you're not even that old you're 34 <laughs> not yet. you know what i mean that, that's you're still young so it's uh um, we had one listener write in. Wasn't he in his forties? Um, yeah, yeah, it was so ago. cool. He was like, I, he's like, I am so an OG cool. scene dude. That dude had seen it all. So right, right. Nadia, do not feel you know left out in any way. Not being at 34 all. In the scene, like I'm this is a place. Yeah. This is a place for everyone, and it's going down, and you can go down with us. You know what totally. I mean? We're all going down together. This totally. sink is shipping. So I'm sure we were talking about the commercial aspect of Warp Tour in the sense of its core demographics. So if that came across as saying that we think this music is is only for a certain demographic, that's definitely not what we were going for. And if you're of older age or younger age like please come because we we need some help over here <laughs> i mean i mean don't i mean, don't. I mean we would if you want to <laughs> come but adv- we would advise caution because things oh. are looking bad for this scene right now True. okay so our next question comes in from lis- longtime listener aaron l aaron says hey guys all the talk about mcr hit my nostalgia mode and do you remember when the used in my chemical romances cover of under pressure came out uh, this is the David Bowie and Queen song. If you remember, if I remember right, they just came off the Taste of Chaos tour with where it was MCR, the used in Under Oath. What a good tour. Also, props to the live mix on this. Sounds great. Do you remember this, Tyler, when the Under Pressure video came out? I do not because I was nine years old and I had <laughs> yeah. no idea okay. who my chemical romance so, and used were. I was like, I must have been like 14. I don't know. But this was the biggest deal. When okay. it, uh, when it came. Did you watch the video, though? Did you go yeah. back and check it out? Yeah, I did. It was. What is that? What was that experience like for you? Just seeing uh, those icons, you know, Bert and Gerard sort of at their peaks, basically, you know, as far as cultural relevance goes, seeing them. It, for me, it was weird. It was like looking back at like at like a temple or like a museum, just, this, just these gods, you know, mm-hmm. performing in the sacred time back when the scene was so vibrant and alive. I don't think I've ever wanted a time machine more <laughs> than I did watching this video. It just, it kind of breaks my heart because yeah. most of <laughs> most of the intellect that I have right now says this is never going to happen again. Never, and we're never, never. going to have this ev- ever again at this, at no. that level. And that breaks my heart. But I mean, that was on MTV straight up. You know what I mean? That was an MTV exclusive. It was on TV. It was as someone who remember, like I lived through it. It was on my periphery. It was a big deal. Like that was something MCR and used fans and the whole scene were stoked about. Like when mm-hmm. that video came out and it was just under pressure. It was everywhere. I think they used had it on their MySpace page, like set to autoplay too. Oh, so you man. heard it every time you went there. Yeah. And I, I, like they're coming off that taste of chaos tour i might be wrong here but i think they used or headlining over mcr at that no point, they were which is they were crazy that's i mean just how crazy is that you know mm-hmm. what i mean let that sink in that 
we were still uh, like at that stage in the scene. MCR hadn't, I think at that point where they're doing that video, Revenge had maybe sold, had maybe went gold. Like it had maybe sold 500,000 copies. Right. It hadn't, you know, quite Helena, Helena hadn't quite taken off the way it did and everything, you know, they, then they sold yeah. every album sell, but it's very interesting to see Bert leads the first verse, you know, because he's the bigger star at that point. That's exactly. crazy, Bert, a bigger star than Gerard, you know? Exactly. What a time, man. I w- <laughs> wish we could go back. I wish Shouts I wasn't nine Bert, years old. Shouts to when Bert and Gerard were friends, you know? Like, oh, my God, that man. That was cool to see. Did you see a recent <laughs> interview with The Gun Show about Bert dropping some shade on Gerard subliminally? No. Yeah, that happened. We should, we'll should. we probably have to talk about that we next week because it just happened. Pretty- Okay. Oh, great. We got some pretty handsome awkward going on. All right. Dude. I'm it. Yep. It was a big <laughs> thing. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. All right. Uh, we thank Nadia and Aaron for writing in to notetocnetgmail.com. If you guys have any questions or feedback or anything, feel free to send it that way and we'll happily talk about it on the show. But we got to move on, Tyler. And we got to hit our main story this week, which is um, it looks like issues have split with their vocalist and screamer michael i always want to say michael bone but i think it's michael bond right really i always called it bone okay i'm gonna we'll go with bone then because that's easier to say uh unless this is like the most elaborate social media prank (laughs) ever pulled off it appears that michael bone is out of the band right yes so it all kind of started with a i found it uh from a post on reddit where this Reddit user came on and he made a post and it's titled what happened to Michael bone of issues. And he wrote, he removed all traces of being in issues from all of his social media. Um, his bio on Instagram used to be vocalist of the man band mm-hmm. issues. Uh, right now it's just quote, not a public figure. That's same for his right. Twitter. Um, I don't know if he ever followed the other issues guys, but he doesn't now. And he hasn't been in any of the pictures from the studio with the rest of the band recently. That was kind of the tipping point for me. So I found this post from a, uh, producer that they were working with or a photographer or something. And they tagged everyone except for Michael. Yeah. And Michael and Tyler were homies and you'd frequently see them on social media mm-hmm. every day, if not mm-hmm. every week, you know, so just his distance from the band alone is crazy. And he's he's been tweeting things that sound great. Like he says, he's, you know, I think one tweet, he said he felt like everybody turned their backs on him. And right. it, it looks like it's over. Like you said, like social media wise, he's no longer involved with the band. Um, I mean, can issues survive with just Tyler Carter? Doing clean vocals? I think Tyler Carter is the band. I think we might be giving too much credit to Michael. Because if we go back to Tyler Carter leaving What Was Me and him doing his R&B solo shit that nobody cared about, do you remember how much hype there was about Tyler Carter's heavy project? It had nothing to do with Michael. Mm. It was Tyler Carter's band. And that's Ah. why people were excited. The fact that it was... was There was there was X woes me at play, you know. Sure, it wasn't just Tyler. A little bit, but Tyler you know, is obviously way more famous than Michael. There's no there's, there's no doubt about that. But, sure, but the narrative wasn't Michael and Tyler's 
heavy band. Michael was yeah. a product of him leaving Woe Is Me because at the time when Ty- when rumors started going around that Tyler had a new heavy band, Michael was still in Woe Is Me with Hans. Remember they dropped Vengeance, which was allegedly about Tyler. And then... Michael was not on there for Vengeance. Yeah, that was no him. No way. Yes. No, no, all right. We're going to pause and we'll, we'll readdress that later. Oh, my God. Look at this promo um, picture that they had with Michael and Hans in it. That That's wild. I did not know he was on Vengeance. Um, yep. So the idea here, though, is can they survive with just Tyler Carter? You know, I... I I wasn't asking specifically, can they survive without Michael? Does this band work with just Tyler, the clean singer, do you think? I think if the music is there, if they can do this turntable post-hardcore that they did so well on uh, the EP and the first full length, absolutely freaking lootly, dude. I think um, if they could if they could do an entire album like the song The Worst of Them, which on Apple Music is the most popular song off of uh, the Black Diamonds EP, which it has like two stanzas of screaming from Michael and the whole track and the rest of it is just Tyler. Mm. And it's just this kind of fast paced, super melodic post hardcore gem that a lot of people have unfortunately forgot about. If they can do yeah. that, I think that they're going to be okay. I think Issues has yeah. ultimately peaked, but... They could actually have more longevity without Michael in the band. As long as they embrace Tyler's strong points and the band's <sighs> sonic, sonic strong points. Um, think... Do you think, do they bring in another screamer? God, I hope not, man. You hope I not. So you really want them to go not. full, just full clean vocals at this point. I mean, what, yeah, it's like, what does this version with Tyler even sound like? I mean, turntable post-hardcore with just Tyler, but is that the past? You know, I mean, should they move into more of a... R&B hip-hop thing. I mean, well, they already left it in the past with that shitter of a new album that they dropped. Yeah, but it still has your metalcore guitars in the background. It, it was just a bad album. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't was a really a progression. It, it wasn't a progression into a new sound. Like, you know, I was just listening to those songs. They're just watered-down versions of the self-titled album. That's all they really are, with without the energy or the spark or the creativity. Right. So the band are in an interesting space, you know, like self-titled their their debut album, you know, it came out, it sold 22,000 copies first week, shocked everyone, you know, Crazy. it Crazy. went on to sell like around 90,000 copies, huge for metalcore band, you know, they were the future of metalcore and they were just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Headspace came out and only sold 18,000 copies first week and maybe sold in the high 30s you know as of now total copies just a plug, and that man. record is a tough listen like it's straight up it's, it's hard bad. to get through and you know you go back to self-titled and how perfect it was um you think about songs like mad at myself stingray affliction never lose your flame all those singles and even back you know to like hooligans before that and oh, you know the black diamonds EP and holy shit armadillo and all that stuff and the beef with what was me you just think back to all that like when i look at self-titled that it's funny because i think about a song like mad at myself that's a song that pretty much survives without screaming you know totally and it's it's highly harder the whole time it's 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 very um poppy you know it's almost justin biebery it's almost like his bieber moment on the album and I could see I could see them going forward that way. I just don't I just don't know if anyone's gonna care if that's that's at the this problem. Point. You know what I mean? That's the problem. Is that is that our ultimate problem here? Is issues are they just done? That was know? my thing. I think I actually might like issues songs personally, but on a commercial level, this band is 
they peaked. And I think we yeah. just have to deal with it at this point. That album, the self-titled album, was just so good. They just need the problem. They didn't deliver a follow-up. And check this out. So Alt Press only ran three stories about issues in 2017. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. So not only did they lose all their hype from a bad album, they have not been covered or talked about. You know, if any if any website's going to cover them, it's going to be Alt Press and all. And um, that's who they're tightest with. And there was nothing to talk about with issues for a whole fucking year. They were like, really non-existent. Yeah. You know, to give you give you some comparison, like Crown the Empire have more Spotify listeners right now. Than Holy issues. shit. It's like 600,000 for Crown the Empire and like 500,000 for issues. Uh, Ty Accord is not even in the band anymore, right? He's out. He's out doing his own SoundCloud rap thing. He's totally rebranded. Like dude is off the grid. Uh-huh. Like, dude is he's a SoundCloud rapper now. He's gone. He's not in the band. I think Sky Accord is still in the band, right? Is Sky the bassist? I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shouts, shouts to Sky for me. He's the one I think he called out that stupid motherfucker in, uh, in uh, our last night for the stupid bassist oh, shit. Oh, God. Yeah, Remember? right? Yeah. Oh, man. Shouts, shouts to Sky for calling out that stupid motherfucker in our last night. But, um,. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know what Tyler Carter's up to. He's not acknowledging this situation at all. I mean, I saw, I've seen him hanging out with Austin from Water Parks recently. You know, that's about, that's about it. You know, Crown the Empire went through a situation with uh, their old guitarist, Ben, where they released a promo picture of the band, like, themselves, but he wasn't in it. So it sparked all these rumors that is he in the band where's where's this guy the fans had no idea none of the band members were saying anything they were just going along like nothing ever happened but he's not in this picture that the band are branding themselves on we didn't get confirmation until three months later so it feels like a very similar situation and you know and then at the same time you've got this you've got this woe is me thing going on like that that band's getting back together kind of apparently What's, what's up with that i mean like dude it, I mean, it's that's something that if it happens, will never actually happen. But like, it, it those dudes are all like talking again and like posting about making music, and they're gonna have to crowdfund that shit. Yeah. Fans are gonna get ripped off. It's, does it's Michael, just does, does Michael Bone jump over to uh, "What Was Me Again"? And do we? Oh my god! It's so tired. It's so tired. King it's of so Amarillo t- Part Two. So, <laughs> right. Oh man, vengeance! Part a, we two. actually we did a really good episode. Uh, you should guys should go check out if you haven't listened to. Or Tyler and I, we just went back and looked at the issues. What was me beef and dissected it, and it was a fucking really good time. That really episode. fun episode. But so at the same time, this is all going on. The band's label, Rise Records, their founder uh, Craig Erickson just left the label. To give you perspective, um, Rise Records recently not recently, I guess a couple of years ago, sold to BMG, uh, the major label, bought them out. And so they were no longer an independent label, if you if you have thought they have been this whole time. They've been owned by a major label. But Craig stayed on as like the CEO role. And now he has retired and taken the millions he likely made from that deal. And he's going to go start restaurants and shit. So the band's label is sort of losing their identity, which we've kind of seen that with Rise, you know, lately. They've been, you know, not they're not the same metalcore Rise records they used to be. You know, they're 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 pushing a band like Paris. They're signing at the drive-in. They're they're putting out acceptance records. You know, they're not acting like the Rise we remember at all. You know, and now with 
Craig, who really, along with like Sean Haydorn, really helmed this label and built this label. Like with that vision gone, Rise might change even more and the scene might change even more. Like this is going to be wild. It's really crazy to think about. Because last week we were just talking about how Joey Sturgis cashed in his chips and got out of the scene. Right. And if right. there's and he, one Sturgis more, Sturgis was like Rise's right hand guy. As if a producer. there's one like, more he, person important to Rise's legacy besides Craig Erickson, it's Joey Sturgis because yeah. he formed that label's sound. Like there is right. I mean, I mean, literally, Craig and Rise sent all their bands to Joey Sturgis. You know what I mean? That was how it went. All and, those of my cement records. Like straight up, you know what right. I mean. Craig is the one who signed. You know, he signed Drop Dead Gordon. The dirty right? secret of the first of Mice and Men record is that it was basically completely done by Joey Sturgis. Like all of the music <laughs> was Joey Sturgis. Of Mice and Men had nothing to do with it. Right. I think Austin like only wrote lyrics. Like that was right. <laughs> but. To take it back even further, you know, Drop Dead Gorgeous signed to Rise and they told Craig about Devil Wears Prada. Craig signed Devil Wears Prada and Devil Wears Prada put Rise Records on the fucking map. And then they just took over the scene until, you know, 2012, 2013. And it was just Rise's world. We were just living in it. And now those visionaries have either jumped shifts or gotten kicked off. Who really knows what happens? We don't. Um... They, now with this this BMG they, having more control, you know, it's like they like you said they keep signing legacy bands. There's someone signing... there at BMG that with this BMG Rise connection that wants these legacy bands there, and and I totally. don't think they did a particularly good job with like no. the at the drive-in reunion. It kind of didn't matter, you know. They kind of botched it. And I was so surprised they ended up, you know, who knows how much vinyl was double counted, but they did fourteen thousand first week, and that. They just don't seem like a band who could do fourteen thousand on a new album. You know that uh, it just didn't line up oh, for me. Man. But Rise that, that signed, was... like you said, they signed at the drive-in. They signed Acceptance. They signed fucking eighteen Visions. Um, right. They're they're bringing back American Nightmare supposedly. Um, right? Why? Yeah, it, it doesn't. A, make a lot of things sense. just don't make sense. And you could tell the vision. The vision of Rise was compromised, and now it's gone. And I think that's what we can take away from this. But. Uh... <sighs> It's just depressing, we gotta move on, man. Tyler. <laughs> All right. It's very depressing. All Everything right. in the scene is depressing now. We're, I'm sorry, listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, we gotta move on to our next story, which is asking Alexandria. The band released their third single, "Alone in a Room," from their upcoming self-titled album. This follows the lead single, "Into the Fire," and Ed Sheeran rapcore diss track, "Where Did It Go?" <laughs> this is, of course, the band's first album since the return of original singer Danny Warsnap. Um, gotta say, I like that they went with the BBC radio premiere on uh, Daniel P. Carter's rock show. I just like when they do this because everybody in Britain listens and like it just always makes it feel like more of an event when they premiere it on the Sunday rock show. Because what else are you doing on Sunday? Like you can put on the BBC. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Yeah, we've had this conversation just, multiple times. It makes times it feel like more of an show. event. I know, I, like, I know. I like that route. I just don't like the inaccessibility of it. I just don't like how... Just put the BBC app on your phone. It's it's a great app. Yeah, but we don't live in a world where that's exactly feasible for the general population. That takes work, man, and we're it not about doesn't. that. It doesn't. Tap, tap. <laughs> like, tap, tap. It's a, great, it's a really good app, guys. Like, Give me and, the link um, to the song. Put it on... Put it on well, some they, sort of every service. Every website does that anyways, so you can still hear it. You know, yeah. every website adds the stream and their news story about the song. But all right, so uh, what do you think of this song, Tyler? I don't um, alone I, in a room. I actually don't hate it. 
it has it has a butt rock vibe to it, but it has a post hardcore vibe to the butt rock vibe, and I'm not entirely opposed to it. I want super heavy Danny, and I'm disappointed that we're not getting it, but I think this song is tolerable in a way that Asking Alexandria can exist in 2017 and not put out shit like from Death to Destiny. So I was pleased with the song overall. You know, I'm at like, a, I'm at a seven out of 10. It's not trash and it's definitely not fantastic, but it is better than Into the Fire. I will absolutely say that. Where Where are you at with it, Matt? I am at meh. Um, This song to me is everything you were worried about this incarnation of the band becoming. It comes true on this song. This is just like some soft core heavy rock bullshit. I I think you're wrong. Put this on on from Death to Destiny. Um, This is easily the worst of the three singles. I think Mm. like Dennis's stuff on the Mm. black that circles around this. um, It's a very bad song. This is just like this is, this is, but this was my worst nightmare for the band. Like, is that they were gonna sound like this, putting out this kind of music? I'm at a five out of ten. Um, Loudwire called this song a reflective rocka. Like, what the fuck? Man? Okay, like, I would definitely. I don't even know what just, that means, but I would not go that far. Bad, bad. <laughs> um, it's not great, you know, but it's not I, I bad. I don't like it. Um, you know, I'm out. I'm out on the song, but I'm still in on the band. Like, Into okay. the Fire has, cra- you know, I love that song to death. It's cracked the top 20 on rock radio. I'm it's really excited about 21. that. It, it's, it's at in, 21. It's at 20. Go check. Oh, Media base. is it it's on 20? Right now. All right. Yeah. All right. Chill out. You hate the best song. <laughs> um, and I've come around on where to go, actually. Like, I actually enjoy that song. Same now. on that one. Same. In a weird uh, way. I've, in a fun I've come way. Around. Like, at first I was like, what are you doing, man? But it's kind of fun. How ridiculously narcissistic it is in it. Yeah. Like, it's but fun. I, I've, I've come around on it. Obviously, I love Into the Fire. This one really missed the mark for me. But I'm still in on the band because, you know, they've put out two good songs. And um, there's more to come. But um, after this song got done playing, Spotify you know, got sentient for a minute and started blasting average American. Ooh. And I was just like, ah, fuck, this band was so good. Like, <laughs> fuck. You know what I mean? Like, what don't send time, me down man. another stand up and scream nostalgia chip. Like, Ooh. didn't we already do that this year? We did do that. I remember talking about it because we talked about all those fucking songs, man. Yeah, man. When every, okay. when every day's the weekend, that closer track yeah. on there. Oh, such a jam. Shout out to Electronicor. Yeah, just hearing Average, Amer- Average American again, it was just like, oh, God, just remembering how good this band used to be. Mm-hmm. But um, the Rock Sound World exclusive here, Tyler Sharp. Um, Dennis, who sang in the band for the Black, uh, he revealed why he left the band. Finally, he hasn't really spoken on it. And um, he also announced that he's re-signing to Sumerian Records for a new band. Um, shouts to Down and Dirty, like wherever they are. I don't know what's going on with that <laughs> whole situation. Um, oh, no. I'm going to read his quote for why he left the band, which is actually kind of interesting. He says, I don't even know where to begin with this one. It's been a year, and it was a very tough decision for me, but I had to leave the band. As you've heard before, I'm originally from the Ukraine, and there was too much shit happening pretty much back home where I'm originally from. It's a legit war zone right now. There was an incredible stress for me and my family, and I had to stop touring 
for a second and I had to focus on my family and all the things that were happening back there back then. Um, do you believe him, Tyler? I here's the here's the thing. The Ukraine is legit a war mm-hmm. zone. Yes, I, absolutely. I, I never even thought about that in regards to him. Russia mm-hmm. is destroying that country and dismantling it piece by piece. Like you can read some of the scariest articles about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never even thought about that. But like, I don't know if I believe. I just don't know. Is he? Is that? Is this his story? It, he seems so sketchy with everything we've dealt with him in the past, from make me famous to this. You know? Do you believe him? No, I. <laughs> okay. See, this is tough because what why, he's why saying he just told the band that in the first place. Exactly. You know what I mean? Why are we exactly. hearing it now? What he's saying is not false about what's happening over in yes. in Ukraine, and it's definitely it's a deal terrible. that should be dealt with respectfully when talking about it. But as far as Dennis goes, I don't think, regardless of what he or Asking Alexandria says. I don't think he left the band. Yeah. I think he was kicked out. And I think if, well, thinking back to this, remember it was like they just weren't hearing from him for weeks at a time, exactly. the band had said. He kind of just went off the grid. So it's like you would think if this was, you know, if the Ukraine situation, the war that they're having, the civil war with that Russia is um, instigating, if that was his issue, you would think he would, tell the band because the band would be very understanding of that you know i gotta I mean, go home to my family and ben, it wouldn't have been an issue you know right, what i mean like right ben being a being a new being a parent it, like yeah absolutely he would understand that so but... i i don't believe this that we're hearing it now and rock sound you gotta like stop being so soft on these guys <laughs> some of these rock sound softball interviews are just they're killing me you know ben, i know yeah. they're the uk press and it's their job to like be super uk about their interviews but like come on you know yeah, so danny what's up you know, <laughs> right. you know what's up dennis let's not forget about how he ripped off those kids and those yeah. bands with those features that he just stole the money from and ben paid them back out of his own pocket for yeah. you good know for just event good for ben all that said right. i still i still like the black i think it's a good album i think he actually he did the best possible fill-in anyone could have for Danny. You mm. know what I mean? I still think like respect is due there, at least on a musical a musical level. But um, I was not a fan. I did not like Down and Dirty. I did not like Make Me Famous. I'm still, I guess I'm am I interested? Are we interested in what Dennis is doing now? <laughs> His new I'm, band? No, I'm done. Can you I'm believe out, you that know. they're signing to Sumerian? Are you fucking the only reason, kidding me? I mean, for whatever reason, he seems to be a marketable product to Ash and Sumerian, you know, over there because this will be the fourth time he's on a different yeah, band. Yeah, like, he Sumerian. must make them money. Like, people must actually buy his records because, you know, Down, Down and Dirty is a band with a new singer. That was the funniest thing to me was when, like, I that was news. Like, Down and Dirty announced new singer and all of a sudden that band fucking mattered you know right, like right that's hilarious like but uh yeah he'll get a new band and i'm not i don't care you know i the only, the only reason i ever even started paying attention to make me famous was because they had the attack attack guy on a feature remember oh that for one of the first God. things remember that shit oh they hyped that up for like God. a month yeah got the attack attack bro he's doing our clean vocals and they just tweeted that for like a month and that got them going but um God. We could do we could do this all day. <laughs> what a time! Make me famous, dude. We could do a Make whole episode famous. about that fucking band. Oh, right. The downfall disaster. of Make Me Famous, and I'm 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 writing these articles at the website I was at at the time, and I'm like, this band isn't even that big. How is it crazy. making this many waves? <laughs> it was crazy. Everyone was talking about it, but we got to move on, Tyler. All right. Um, we got to hit our next story. 
Melanie Martinez, um, AP cover star and rising emo queen pop provocateur. This is too messy of a situation for us to dive into right now, but we want to let you know that we are aware of it. Um, this is pretty much as bad as it gets. Like we've seen a pop st- a pop star torn down overnight, her career over, and then we've seen her accuser torn down overnight. It's a war zone right now, and we need to wait for the smoke to clear and have some good journalists do some real work here, if not legal entities, to find some answers. We're going to wait for the facts to become more clear on this one before we offer any sort of opinion, you know. But that being said, this this is just the worst thing that happened and seemed to have happened in the worst way. You know, that's that's really all I have to say at this moment. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think some of our listeners listen to the show to actually be informed. Like they listen outside of our opinions just to see what's going on in the music scene, what news is happening. So this is obviously a news story. So I thought it was important that we at least acknowledge what's happening. But at this moment, there's just no grounds for us to comment on the situation or anything like that. So... (laughs) We are in new territory, people. Right. I mean, it is. I've n- journalism and coverage and just everything is coming into question here. I just don't even know where this one goes, what mm-hmm. effects it creates, and what lives it ruins, for that matter. You know, it's right. just it's it it. There's just so much up in the air right now. We gotta wait. I, I need answers. You know, Ty, Tyler and I need answers. You know, we need right. facts and answers before we dive into this one. So we're going to move on to our next story, which is uh, Dashboard Confessional. Dashboard Confessional announced a tour this week with Beach Slang. Why? Like, seriously, why? (laughs) But that's not what really we're here to talk about, you know? Um, We're here to talk about one of the foundational emo bands has relaunched with a new label, a new single, and a new album, Crooked Shadows. It's their first new LP in eight years. It's coming out in February on Fueled by Ramen. The song is called We Fight. What do you think about it, Tyler Sharp? I don't hate it. And I know that a lot of OG Dashboard fans hate this song because it doesn't sound like OG Dashboard. And I think that's why I like it. Because I don't <laughs> like OG Dashboard. I, You know, <laughs> call me out, come at me on Twitter, do what you have to. I'm just not a fan of Dashboard Confessional. And I think this song is a great indie rock song. Mm. outside of the context of dashboard confessional when you don't compare it to their peak i think this is a great Mm -hmm. proposal for them in 2017 as far as like alternative music goes and fuel by ramen sent it to alternative radio right away and i kept an eye on it when it broke into the top 50 and the past two weeks it has jumped 10 spots every week and so far right now it's sitting at 23 I think there's a shot this could break in, into the top 10 and be an alternative radio hit, which is crazy to think about in 2017. We just, dude, we never know what this year is going to throw at us, but I got so it here. at 23? Yeah, it's at 23 right now. Okay. I thought it was at 30, but... No, um, it's up to 23 we, right now. We might have got different issues in media base this week. We seem to be off on our numbers a little bit. Okay. But, um, All right. I want to know. So, I want to know, as an OG dashboard fan, Matt, what do you think of this song? Okay, let me just like adjust my clothes. <laughs> let me just like sit back in my chair and just get ready for this. Oh. So, "We Fight" is a good, empowering anthem song. Okay, but it's not dashboard. 
Um, but it kind of is dashboard. Yes. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm kind of in the same spot with this song as I am with 30 seconds to Mars is walk on water. Like it's a different thing, but it's fresh and I fuck with it. Like you kind of nailed, nailed it when you said it's an interesting proposal for the band. Like to me, this is what dashboard should sound like in 2017. Right. Um, I am at a seven and a half out of 10 on the song. Where are you? I'm right around there. I'm at like a 7.7, We're getting up there in the eight range. I don't think it'll make it on my songs of the year list, but I like this idea. I like this idea. Just like that 30 Seconds to Mars song is good. It's good. It's it's an empowering anthem, right? And it's not, you know, normally what Dashboard does, but it it just kind of works. And I, I agree with you on, I can see this doing well at radio. Which gets me really excited because we'll have an e- that emo voice again, right? Possibly in the top ten of all radio. That's really exciting. Dude, you know I, his voice back there again. I, I wasn't even a Dashboard fan growing up. I've never mm. liked Chris Caraba, even when he was in Further Seems Forever, and that's like a default band for me because I'm a tooth yeah. and nail diehard. But just to be able to have this conversation, I really hope this song just explodes. <laughs> I, and I think it has potential, like just like so too. Mars did. And, you know, good for them. They got the premiere of it on Apple Beats One with uh-huh. Zane Lowe in the interview, which, you know, that Zane Lowe interview is usually reserved for pop stars. So right. like, that's pretty, you know, that's a good push. Um, Rolling Stone covered this as news. Um, they covered the Taurus news. Rolling Stone is like in on Dashboard being back. I love that. You know I what I mean? Because you know they choose who they're gonna ignore. Rolling Stone's like, fuck yeah, we're in on this. Um, the lyric in the song too that like hit me. He said, "There's still a kid somewhere that needs to hear this." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, there is." Like Dashboard's back. That's Somebody fucking needs awesome. To hear this still. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah." You know, I mean, it's no glory days like screaming no. infidelities, hands no. down, vindicated. Don't wait. You know, but it's a new, fresh take for the band that I'm kind of excited about. Um, I think their last album did 30,000 copies first week in 2009. That was uh, Alter the Ending. and um, But it fell off and went nowhere. And that album was a big drop from their early albums. Mm-hmm. You think their three early albums went true were true gold records. They mm-hmm. all went gold, three of them. And um, with Smash singles, and they easily... Each of them sold over 100,000 first week. So you compare that to what they did on their last record. They That band fell off hard. You know, um, a mark emission, I think, will go platinum any minute now. Like, it's close to 1 million. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at, like, 900,000 a few years ago. So, you know, that's that's got to be coming around the corner for the band, their first platinum record. But the, sure. the new album only has nine songs, which I back. I'm all Totally, totally. Concise. Give me yes. nine really good songs. Don't give me 13, you know, and, and five of them are mediocre. Totally. I'm all about nine to 10, nine to 11. You know what I mean? I like that. Uh-huh. It's just crazy to think Dashboard might have slipped into that Portugal demand stream. And they might, they might be taking don't, it right don't, to the top. On, man. I, I was happy, man. Don't do that. Oh, my God. Come, dude, don't you, don't they're, do that they're a scene band. We have to be happy it's, for them. 
This song is so much better than that Portugal the Man song. No, not at all. That Portugal the don't, Man don't, song's don't, over an eight. Don't over don't, an dude, eight. Dude, that is my fuck that band, man. Fuck Portugal the Man, man. That's such bullshit. That we fuck have to be happy band, for man. that band. I if we're talking about keeping the scene happy, we have to be happy They're for Portugal the Man. And I I can't wait for them to never have a single again. They I can't wait for that to be a one and done. And fearless, man. Sure, they were never a quote unquote scene band, but they existed in the scene. We have to be just, happy. for for that i just can't stand that song and i despise it and i despise them for making me listen to it and i can't wait till we never have to hear from them again like i don't want them to be the band to bring rock back you are so that wasn't their that wasn't their choice that wasn't their role and but but here that we have to read every fucking article oh how portugal the man brought rock back to radio oh my god you know what i mean like billboards just having a wet dream over it like Oh, I can't take it. They were a band that existed in the scene. We have to be happy for them. They are The fact that I rolled up to my Thanksgiving family dinner and my aunt is singing this song, who has never heard of this band before, is a miracle to me. Screw that song. You can love it. Back to what were we saying about Dashboard? <laughs> they have a potential to slip into the Portugal the Man success stream. No, no I, I don't see them going to number one on top 40. No, if, is that, no. If that's what you're implying. No, I no, see them going number I, one on all. It's, it's not, Portugal the Man, that's a whole other thing. It, like They went to pop radio. I would say um, in the alternative uh, radio. I see context. them going the 30 Seconds to Mars route. Their number thirty seconds of Mars are number one on all right, radio. Right. I can see Dashboard pulling that off with this, or at least top ten. I think they have a shot, and uh, I'm still gonna back Portugal the man. But we got to move on, fuck, Matt. Fuck that band. <laughs> fuck that band. You're fuck so wrong. That. That's one You're of our so coffee wrong. mugs we're gonna make when we make notes seeing coffee mugs. Fuck Portugal the man. Oh yeah. my god. But we can attach a little mat to the end of it, so <laughs> so the band knows it's not from Tyler. A little dash mat at the end. No, I rode for you, Portugal the man. I rode for you. <laughs> you don't care enough to release a "We Love Portugal the Man" mug, do you? No, like to not counter. At all. Okay. No, you don't care that much. We have to be happy for them. Why can't you just be happy for them? I can't. I can't. I can't. It's, okay. It's, oh, I, I just... it's okay, Matt. You, I know this is a sad, <laughs> sad do time it. for the scene, and we're all depressed and we're all angry, but we have to be happy for them. They're just not that good. They're not good at music. Like I just that can't do it. That song is good at music. No. Okay. We we can't get stuck on this. So I'm gonna move into our next story. All right. Which is uh, Tumblr. Tumblr revealed. This is always really fun. Tumblr revealed the most reblogged bands of 2017. There's a lot of scene rep in there so i thought we should kind of go through like the top 20 real quick and just look at which bands made it the number one most reblogged band which this is shocking to me is the gorillas how the fuck did that happen they come back and they drop an album that's not a tumblr band is it because of the artwork is that it i don't i don't uh like i was having this conversation with my brother earlier this year when they were when the comeback was happening when when you and I would post about the gorillas on AP, they'd get like thirty thousand shares because we yeah. just use the right well, yeah, photo. Huge band, right? But and also scene kids like gorillas. Like scene kids, Tumblr kids, they don't actually like this band. They no, like the they idea like, they like of the this band. They like that. They like feel good ink. Right, you know what right, I mean? Exactly. They like, everyone likes that yeah. song. It's arguably the best song ever. They're, um, like, they're one of those oh shit bands. Like oh shit, they're coming back. You know, but nobody cares when they. When they actually do come back. So but, I think yeah. it's the fact that their their characters look like anime characters. And there's a big yeah, anime world on Tumblr. 
I guess. Okay, so number two is 21 Pilots. That probably should have been number one I you think about it. You know before I, mean? I like, clicked on this list, I would have put money on it to say that I mean, it was there are, 21 there Pilots. Are large one. factions of the skeleton clique that like exclusively live in Tumblr. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's it's um it's kind of a home base for 21 Pilots. Totally. It's kind of where they got a lot of their their kin- early kindling going with their career. So, makes sense. Fifth Harmony. Um okay. I guess. That was super random. Uh, super random. Yeah, random, but they, I guess. I mean, Fifth Harmony have, like, what are they called? The Harmonizers. They're a pretty loyal mm. fan base. And Tumblr tends to be where those those fan bases with names kind of converge. It's like For a sure. rallying point. For sure. One Direction. Why? Why? At this point? Like, we've got so much other going on. So much else going on. Literally every member of that band has their own thing going on. <laughs> and we're going to do 1D. <laughs> Bring There's on, still man. 1D fandom, really? I mean, if you look at the top solo artists on Tumblr of the year, it's Harry Styles. So yeah, who cares about 1D anymore? It's like so over. Like I care about 1D, man. That's a reason that's never happening, man. <laughs> oh, what's gonna happen first, my chem or 1D? My chem. Bullshit. My chem's happening. Bullshit. 1D is. Dude, they are so off in their own directions and having real success. For a few years, for a few years, it'll happen. They'll go through a few cycles. They'll decline. Harry Harry is the last great rock star. He's cemented himself as that. And uh, those other, the other, the two, I call them the lesser one deers. I I, I always mix them up. Neil and and uh, Liam. Yeah, they're having great pop success they're like the, the charlie pooths of this band Ugh. and um zane is you know he's huge he had a huge hit with taylor swift you know what i mean and uh, the other guy's coming up now he's gonna do his pop punk thing but okay so five seconds of summer on here which is surprising because i thought that band was over yeah we hear we had a five seconds of summerless year in 2017 it's like where yeah, the fuck is just, this band i the, guess their the fans are on tumblr now? I guess Come the on, fans guys. are on Tumblr. I wrote an article saying you were going to be the biggest thing ever. Like I'm, I'm waiting, you know. And yeah, I think, I think like, you're going to have to go back on your words on that one, man. Come on, guys, we're waiting. Look, what happened? It was the last was, album wasn't what it needed to be. Yeah, but like you put out another one. It's just strange. Uh, Little Mix. You know about Little Mix? I vaguely know about that band. I'm British. I should British probably girl be... band, and they're fucking huge globally okay. like they're like they're like the fifth harmony of the world okay like they just like dominate uh they Paramore? don't have but real quick on little mix they don't have much success over here do they or am i wrong in the u.s yeah I don't, I, uh no not in the US, okay no. okay but globally they dominate okay. uh paramore at number eight makes sense so, they dropped an album with all those gifts and yeah they're very aesthetically pleasing at number nine makes sense aesthetically uh, pleasing my chemical romance at number 10 just um, forever living on. Great. Just forever, forever, forever. We'll never die. Um, all time low around here. Arctic Monkeys at fifteen. What Why? the hell? That that makes no sense, right? I haven't heard that name in like ten yeah. years. Um, this is Paris at number eighteen. Does it seem too low? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think Paris would be a little higher. Like mm-hmm. Lynn is so iconicized. Yes, know, especially with a new album coming out this year, they absolutely need to be higher. Um, Owl City at 19. What? Who the Why? hell's still talking about that band? I know. I thought they were. I thought that was over. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they had that one post go viral on Tumblr, and that's the only reason they're on this. He had a he had a Tumblr or he had a post go viral this year, describing how it was physically possible to hug 10,000 lightning bugs or some bullshit. I don't know. 
It was pretty That's crazy. That's fucking wonderful, Tyler Sharp. Let's move on to our pop story. All right. Um, after taking over the world with her fire single, Havana, Camila Cabello has finally announced her debut album titled Camila. And she released two singles, Real Friends and Never Gonna Be the Same. Um, for those who don't know, we've had like an interesting history with Camila on this show. You know, like I kind of heard she was going to be the next the next one, like the chosen one, the next pop star, pop star. So we kind of followed her closely when like her her early single leaked. And then I was all in at the launch of uh, Crying in the Club, which ultimately ultimately went nowhere. And then we were kind of there. You know, with her for Havana, which took over the fucking world, and that was a whole thing to live through. But, um, you know, she left Fifth Harmony. I wouldn't say she was the leader of that band, you know, but she was definitely the star of that band. Like, she had the best voice, you know, and she clearly had the best range, and she was just, she just had, like, that it factor. So everybody kind of knew she was going to be a big star. But um, I guess let's let's talk about these songs real quick. Let's start with Real Friends. What are your thoughts on that, Tyler? Real quick. So I actually like this song pretty okay. pretty well. I think um, it's an interesting song because it's not just like both of these songs are kind of interesting in the fact that they're not outright bangers, but I misjudged Camila on Havana. I didn't like that song at all right off the bat. I was like, what are we doing? Like, wh- what's going on? But I didn't understand the that kind of Latino movement that was that was going on through the U.S. So now that that song's at number one and I've drilled it into my brain, I totally understand it. Both of these songs, Real Friends and Never Be the Same, don't have that same vibe to it, but they have their, they're in their own kind of lane. Real Friends is like, it's not this anthem that, I kind of want from Camila, but I'm starting to not expect that from pop stars. And I'm just kind of going more along with the flow. So I can't What's really score? get over the fact that it's called Real Friends because yeah. as a scene kid, we just always associate that with pop punk. So that's I have to deal angle. with that with the band and the Kanye West song. So Oh, okay. Yep, just, for yeah, sure. Very annoying. Um, what, what's your score? I'm at a six and a half right now. It's okay, not so kind of terrible, yeah. but it's not banger material. I, I don't like this song. Um, I was just, it's too low-key for me. I was very disappointed. You know me, this is my girl, like, right? I've been writing for her since since the beginning, uh-huh. and I've been really excited. And I'm just disappointed by it. Um, and this is like a Chilling on the Beach song, and it's like cold right now. I don't know. It just doesn't right. work for me. There's no real hook. I'm at a five and a half out of ten. Oh, okay. okay, the next the next song, uh, Never Gonna Be The Same. She put out two. What do you think of this one, Tyler? I like this song as well in the same lane that I like Real Friends, but what the hell is going on in that pre-chorus, man? That is like some super grating vocal shit going on there, and I don't like it at all. She goes way like over-the-top falsetto, almost to like a, a nails-on-a-chalkboard kind of whimper, and I'm not about that. The chorus is just kind of okay. These are two very relaxed songs, and mm-hmm. I find it interesting that they kind of chose these instead of an upbeat banger nation-ish, Wolvesy, Selena Gomezy, Demi Lovato, mm-hmm. just outright anthem song that has mm-hmm. been very popular in pop music in the last two years. But they proved me wrong with Havana. I did not think that song was going to be a hit. I remember when that dropped and I asked you, I'm like, Matt, what's going on with your girl? What's going on here? <laughs> I but, was like, heat, man. Havana heat wave, dog. Like, right, right. So they proved me wrong here. I wouldn't be surprised if they proved me wrong on 
either of these songs, but if I had to put money down, I'd say that neither of these are going to be number one hits. They definitely won't have the success that Havana okay. has. I'm at a six with this song. Okay, so um, for me, this song is just okay. Mm-hmm. I'm at a six out of ten as well. Disappointed. Um, it, it, it's kind of like very, you got like a lot of vibey, low key Lord meets new Taylor Swift mm. moments on this one, um, kind of clashing. And it almost kind of feels like she's kind of trying to recapture the bad things wave on this song a little bit. I kind of mm-hmm. got the, that's the kind of vibe I got from it. Um, this is also the one that's being sent to radio, by the way, um, of the two. So I like this one better than the other one, but like not by much. So Overall, I'm I'm pretty disappointed here. I mean, like Havana was such a banger, such a success. I'm mm-hmm. like, why aren't you just doing more of that? You know, why aren't you just like Havana it up? You know, heat it up. Let's do the Latin pop thing. And and this has me a little worried. You know, I was worried about Camila when when Crying in the Club came out and that didn't go anywhere. And then I was super happy when Havana took off and now I'm like eh, I don't know I know we'll they they launched with the misstep they, crying in the they club don't, and they and they rebounded so like, I didn't think they were ever be seen a better rebound I in the didn't history think they of were music. gonna be able like, to man to go from a misstep to the biggest song one of the biggest songs of the year it's like it's I've kind, never seen that before it's like, don't blow of. it right don't blow it and you know it, kind and of, this, it makes you feel like they're kind of blowing it again you need to be dropping napalm right now you know this right. needs to be napalm, and it's not, and and that's a problem. And and um, ultimately, I just I really like her as a singer, and I want to see that. So that's I mean, where I am. Louis Fonzi's dropping him, man. He just dropped yeah. Despacito <laughs> Part Two. He is all about it. He is all fucking about Camila, it. Camila, where's your Havana Part Two, or you know your Mexico City, or you know whatever romantically you know Latin name <laughs> city you can name a song after? Right, romantic. Drop your novel. Barcelona. You know, drop your right. uh, adult whatever. romantic San, novel your, turned yeah, music. Drop That's... San Juan, whatever. East Atlanta. Just name a song East Atlanta now. There you go. It's interesting, though. So it took you a long time to come around Havana, right? Oh, dude, I had to drill it into my head. But once I got it, I totally got it. And I could, there was a day not too long ago where I couldn't stop singing that chorus. Like, you could see if you were young and in love. Oh, There's something, so you know, it's just like a young love, charming, summery song, you know, it was good Absolutely. for summer. Absolutely. Okay, we got to move on, Tyler, to our next story, which is, okay, so during a DJ set at Emo Night, uh, band founder Matt Good deadass leaked a new from first to last <laughs> song featuring Sonny Moore, aka Skrillex, back on vocals. Um, earlier this year, of course, we got Make War, which I believe is Tyler Sharp's favorite song of the year. Um, which was Sonny's first song with the band since 2006's album Heroin. You know, it's hard to tell from these live DJ set videos we've seen, but this sounds like everything I want from the band, and it's got me really anxious and excited. So first off, haven't decided, so this isn't in concrete, that Make War is my song of the year, but it'll definitely be on the list. Okay. At one point it was. I At think, one point but... it absolutely, halfway through the year, Make War was it. But I've, I've had some shuffling in my list. But we'll talk about that uh, two episodes from now. Two weeks. Um, the day... So this song dropped right when we got done recording last week's episode. 
<laughs> and as soon as Matt and I turned our phones back on after we were done recording, I just got <laughs> flooded with notifications about new from first to last, new from yep. first to last. And they were just pouring in. And I was like, oh, my God, Matt, look what the fuck we just missed. And I was super disappointed that it was only a live recording. Please, God, drop this song at some point before the end of the year. I really need this song in my life. I shouts to Apple for the new screen recording feature on iPhones. Mm -hmm. I went directly to from first to last Instagram story. I screen recorded the whole thing. It's not the best quality, but you can get the gist of the song. And I was singing it for the next two days in a row. That surrender chorus. From what I understand, the song called Surrender. Um, I think this is Banger Nation, man. Yeah. It could be. We don't know. We got, I, you know, we got to hear the, we, we got to hear the full release one. We got to reserve judgment. But from what I've heard so far, I think it's everything that I, I want. Think so, man, man. I think so, man. I think so. We've been, you know, we know, we know a tour is coming. It's pretty much confirmed at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, unofficially. And now we're starting to hear some shit. Like they're on some new shit. Like there's a full album recorded, and they're ready to dominate 2018. Um, which lines up with everything. The fact that you know they're they're signed to uh, Sonny's management, right. they're signed to his label, they're signed to his publicist. It's all lining up. Um, I think we're gonna get a lot from from first to last in 2018. And Sonny was even randomly at like some bar karaokeing <laughs> Make War this week. Did you see that shit, dude? I couldn't believe dude, it. What the stoked. hell was that? He's so stoked on it. I um, just wish it wouldn't be taking him so fucking long. Like, we had to suffer through 2017. Come on, Sonny. I, I, yeah. I don't want to see, seem like an entitled asshole, but we we need this, man. The scene needs you right now. Yeah. He's a, he's a busy man, though. Skrillex. He is. Um, okay, he is. all right. Real quick, Tyler, before we go. Pure Noise Records band Boston Manor released a new single, Drowning Gold. What do you think of it? It's shit. This band is never going to go anywhere. It's time to stop talking about them. Okay. I like this song. Um, I'm at like a 7.3 out of 10. Very emo. To me, it sounds like an edgier version of Jimmy at World. Um, I've liked a couple songs from this band. Like, I like, uh, I've liked Leica, Burn You Up Before. You know, they're part of this small group of bands that, like, you gotta (laughs) give it to them. You gotta give props. Like, Have Mercy, Will Away, Can't Swim, Movements, Seaway. They're, they're small, but they're like, they're still doing it. You know what I mean? You gotta... Gotta I'll give, give props. Them credit for trying. They're, 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 the boat is taking on water, and they're still playing their instruments. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're, they're the band on the Titanic who are still playing as the Titanic sinking. Yep. Um, so just another small band, up and coming band. That I'm a little excited about. I like the single. Uh, what's your score, Tyler? I'm at a four. Okay. I'm at a seven point three. All um, right. And that's where we end up seeing this week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for us, send them in to notescene at jimmo.com, and we'll see you next week. 